you know, we've seen that when we've done a really good partnership with somebody like Moby or 21 Pilots, and they've released their music through WeTransfer, if we push that socially, it works as a, as a marketing tool. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have Damien Bradfield, who is the president and CMO of WeTransfer, which is the largest file transferring service in the world. Damien, how's it going? Uh, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and then uh, we'll go from there. So my name's Damien. I'm British. I spent the last 10 years living in Amsterdam um, and the last year living in Los Angeles, having moved out here before we transferred to set up uh, our U.S. operations. Two kids, a dog, very happily married and um, loving being in the sunshine as opposed to the rain and the clouds that uh, Amsterdam is generally sitting under. Oh, you know what's interesting? I was actually in Amsterdam in May, and it looked beautiful the the whole time. So I guess I got I got lucky. That's the new summer. You got to go in May and September. Don't don't go in the summer. Oh, got it. Okay, interesting. Anyway, um, we could talk about travel all day, but yeah, I guess around we transfer. I mean, how does you know how does the company work? How do you guys make money? Business is really simple. So we have two revenue streams. The first and the oldest is advertising. So since two thousand and nine. We basically changed the landscape for the advertising market and created these full screen um, wallpapers, we call them, so that they dominate the entire experience. Um, so 50% of our revenue comes from advertising and the other 50% comes from subscriptions. Great. Okay. And so how does, it, how does this business looking today? I mean, how many customers do you have? Uh, and I guess, you know, what, what are the growth rates looking like? It's a very healthy business. So we've, you know, since 2009, we've grown very, very steadily um, to now 42 million active users per month. Wow. We're in pretty much every country of the world. So I think we say we're in 194 countries. You know, our, let's say our, our home turf is Europe. So where we're a household name, where we're really well known, where we generate a big chunk of our business is, is really within the European market. Um, and the reason that we moved out here is because the U.S. for us is obviously huge but it's also our fastest growing and it's the best converting market from free to plus. So um, the consumer or the users here are the most responsive to the sort of premium features that we offer within WeTransfer. Interesting. So what are some of those premium services? Um, so the free service is super simple, right? There's no sign up, no login. You can just use the service and send pretty much unlimited files to anybody that you have an email address for. Um, and in return for using the service for free, we just serve these non-obtrusive, we try to make them really beautiful ads in the background. Um, the premium experience is basically yours. So, you know, it would be eric.wetransfer.com, your own imagery in the background. 
Um, so the experience that you you send when sending and the experience for your recipient is a really beautifully crafted and curated space that all looks like you or the work that you're doing. And it's about larger file sizes, storage, uh, social sharing features, password protection, all that sort of stuff. So there's sort of a handful of uh, extra add-ons that come with the with the plus background and are the majority of people that, that choose to use Plus or the subscription service, as we call it, are an awful lot of freelancers, photographers, um, you know, creatives, small businesses that um, are really looking for that branded experience, you know, to make sure that the, uh, when they're sending presentations, videos, whatever, the experience that the recipient gets, which is often a client, feels like it's coming from you and it's as, you know, beautifully crafted as the, the work that it is that you're actually putting into the transfer itself. Awesome. And I'm assuming you have many different plans. So I guess probably a simpler question would be, what's the average revenue per user? We don't really ever talk about revenue. I mean, we're more than happy to talk about um, the number of users that we have, and we're very happy to talk about the amount of inventory that we give away and those sort of things. Sure, let's talk about that. Okay. So I mean, we have 42 million uniques per month. We have been growing steadily year on year. Our business is supported by these two revenue streams. But the thing that I think most people don't know is that we give away 30% of all of our ad, ad inventory mm. um, to support the arts. So since 2009, when we first started the service, we, as I said in the beginning, we, we had this full screen advertising platform and everyone was producing banners and no one was interested in having to make another sort of piece of creative to put onto the only site in the world that had this full screen advertising model. So we started to give a lot of it away and we had friends that were photographers or illustrators or, you know, that sort of thing. So we gave it to them and people loved seeing that, you know, discovering stuff through us. So over the, over the years, and fast forward to today, you know, we give away 30%, which this year equates to over 5 billion impressions to support up and coming musicians, um, charities, startups, a lot of the creative community in the arts. In LA, we've been supporting the Hammer Museum. We're working with Mocha. We would like to um, kickstart something shortly with LACMA on the top end of the scale. But the bottom end, you know, we've over the years probably helped more than 200 musicians, you know, reach an audience that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. We've helped tons of illustrators and photographers, you know, um, be discovered or get some recognition that normally you'd have to pay for or hope that a journalist, um, you know, would pick up, pick you up and write about. Awesome. So 30%, I feel like there's a story behind it because that's such a big chunk of, of cash. So where did the 30% number come from? What's the story behind it? It used to be 50%. Wow. And, you know, as the business has grown and scaled, obviously our costs have grown and scaled too. And we were in a fortunate position that the advertising market had changed and we've managed to attract, you know, major companies. So there's pretty much not an advertiser or a media company out there that doesn't buy against WeTransfer today. So our you know, the demand on our ad inventory just became bigger and also the demand on hosting costs became bigger. So we had to reduce it. So it went down from 50 to 30%. It's not a hard and fast rule. I mean, if we have, you know, some amazing projects of which, you know, we've had some pretty phenomenal partnerships happening this year, you know, it, um, it really depends on how much um, storytelling we have at any one moment and how many projects there are. 
Awesome. Great. So j- just to simplify it for people, I mean, yes. like, like you mentioned, you know, for, if I'm a small business owner and I want to send like, uh, you know, some, you know, like some PDFs or some videos over to somebody, uh, I can password protect it, right? So I can, yes. and then, um, you know, there's a branded experience as well. So it just makes it look a little more professional, right? That's kind of the, you know, the, the simplification of it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, you know, 42 million unique users. Let's go back to the early days. I mean, how did you go about getting your first million users? Everything that we've done has been organic. So we bootstrapped the company. We didn't have any funding in the beginning. Everything basically came through the original group of, uh, of sort of founders um, who put in their own money and their own time. And we were holding down multiple jobs to basically pay the rent and pay the few salaries that we had to pay. The beautiful thing about WeTransfer is if you upload something and you send it to three people, back in 2009, probably one of those three became a user. So one in three recipients became a user. So our organic growth was just phenomenal. It's funny you ask because the one thing that we can vividly remember back in 2010 that really spun things for us was StumbleUpon. Oh. And um, it, still, it still exists. I didn't know that it was even around anymore, but StumbleUpon is still there. And I think back in 2010, it, it had quite a bit of traction. So it if, did, yeah. You know, if a site was picked up on StumbleUpon and sort of, you know, spat out, you would know it. So we, you know, there was a moment when Stone sort of, you know, found us or however it worked, spat us out, and we gained 200,000 users pretty, pretty much overnight. It wasn't really even a, a gradual thing. It was pretty much overnight. And that boost, I have to say, was one of the things that really triggered, you know, uh, a lot more of the, of the virality for us. Okay. Because at that time, if one in three, if one in three recipients became a user, you, you know, you can do the math. So you got two hundred thousand. Is it two hundred thousand subscribers from StumbleUpon? Yeah, not okay. well, not subscribers, but two hundred thousand users. Two hundred thousand users. Okay, and then that that led to six hundred. What you you got like another one in three, right? You know, in combination with in Holland, the the, the company is Dutch, right? I don't know if I, I don't know if I said that, but it started in Amsterdam, and you know, the startup community is. Reasonably big, but it's a village. Amsterdam compared to New York, or Amsterdam compared to LA is tiny. Right. So there were, you know, there were a handful of startups that were doing some stuff at the time. And the startup community was, you know, relatively small. And there was a huge desire in Amsterdam, as I think there is in Berlin and other places, you know, to, to want startups to succeed, to make, you know, the next Silicon Valley and to do something. So we had amazing goodwill from the Dutch press and the Dutch community and, one person in particular who's made a, a big difference in our lives was um, a guy called Werner Vogels, who's the CTO of Amazon, who's you know, one of the only public-facing people for Amazon and undoubtedly one of the most influential people within Amazon. And he helped us massively in migrating from what we had in the early days, which was a site built in Flash, hosted on uh, some local servers, and to migrate to AWS. And that, you know, came from real goodwill. You know, it was him being Dutch and wanting, you know, some success stories to come out of the Dutch market. How did you even meet him? Um, Werner is hugely ingrained in the Dutch startup community. Ah. If you have a startup and you've got a little bit of traction or you've turned up to a few events, Werner will be there. He's, he's a very generous, you know, very committed guy to seeing, I think, a lot of young people succeed. That's awesome. Okay. So backing up a second, when you mentioned, you know, uh, one in three people, one in three users, I guess my real question is, was there some kind of referral mechanism where people could find out about WeTransfer if somebody transferred something? Like what happened there? No, it's, it was purely organic. There was no referral mechanic. You know, Dropbox at the time had a fantastic member gets member scheme. 
um, we didn't have any any such mechanism in place at all. Um, we were totally reliant on you know the quality of the product that we were putting out there and the differentiation and the way that it looked. And you have to remember back in 2010, the focus was very much on technology. So you know we had the CTO or the developer was the rock star. Those guys were building technology that everyone was excited about. And no one was really that bothered with your interface or users. We were one of the few sites out there that was mainly, you know, focused on user design and experience. And technology wasn't an afterthought. We just wanted it to be invisible. So we had quite a bit of standout because we weren't the guys talking, you know, talking about the complexity of the code or anything else. We were really just focused on making sure it was accessible to everybody. And it really meant that our service could be used by somebody who was 12 or, you know, 90. You didn't need to create an account. You didn't need to do anything. If you wanted to send something, just send it. Interesting. And on top of that, you have to remember that our competition at that time were rapid share, mega upload, a lot of companies that were not necessarily the best sort of type of companies in the world, not necessarily doing the greatest work. And they were all getting shut down. You know, their, their business models were based on you know, an, own, an openness towards piracy and, you know, the film industry, the music industry and everybody, you know, was working pretty hard to close those guys down. So we, we were also in, a, in, in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, being very, you know, piracy averse. And, you know, we wanted nothing to do with pornography and we wanted nothing to do with the illegal distribution of films or anything like that. Right. So we were just in the right place at the right time, I think. Got it. Yeah. Timing is one of the most important factors, right? Absolutely. Great. So, I mean, okay, so you talked about how you got to the first million or so. I mean, what's working for you today in terms of customer acquisition? Just one thing that's working really, really well. I mean, it's never it's never just one thing, but if I try to distill it down to a single thing that I think is a big differentiator for us, it probably comes down to trust. I think that the experience you have by from using WeTransfer is one that is is quite revolutionary online that we, we don't try to... Um, lock you in by, you know, have forcing you to give away any information or slowing bandwidth down or anything like that. We have a net promoter score of 87%. Oh. And I think this is, this is down to a few of those elements combined that generally when somebody uses WeTransfer and they're recommended to use it by somebody else, the, the sentiment and the response is so positive that it will generally trigger, you know, fantastic um, referrals, just word of mouth or email referrals. And, you know, that's probably working the hardest for us in, in terms of the long-term uh, outreach and the long-term um, you know, client acquisition. We don't spend massively on marketing. So we, we do a fair bit, which is obviously the 30% stuff, which is about, you know, highlighting different projects and making sure that people see and experience um, creativity online. But a, a big chunk of what we're doing really goes against highlighting how people produce things. So highlighting how Kamazi Washington is a very big jazz musician. How, you know, we help him produce a film. That film is then showcased at the Whitney, uh, Whitney Museum in New York. Um, and we try to, to demonstrate how you know, using a tool like WeTransfer helps enable that, that creative process and that workflow. We don't lean very heavily on email marketing. In fact, we try to limit the amount of you know, hammering that we do or email reach out to people to try to make sure that they don't feel bombarded. Where we do spend a fair bit of time is on social. So we've, you know, we've seen that when we've done a really good partnership with somebody like Moby or 
um, 21 pilots, and they've released their music through WeTransfer. If we push that socially, you know, it works as a as a marketing tool. People will go to the site, download the album that Moby has given away, um, and obviously talk about it, refer other people, share, discuss. Interesting. So how do you know, I mean, like Moby, for example, these other companies, uh, how do you know they're, these are the right partners to go after? Because it sounds like, you know, this is not some customer acquisition thing that usually people talk about. So Moby is a is an artist. He's, um, he's a musician. Oh, Mo- I thought it was M-O-B-I. Okay, Moby, the musician. Got it. Never mind. Never mind. I get it. Um, so a lot, a, lot, a lot of those relationships, to be honest, whether it is a company or whether it is Moby the musician, is, is all about personal relationships. You know, we're, we don't go into any sort of partnership looking at a, uh, on a short-term basis. It's got to be a long-term thing because although there's this perception around tech that it's super fast and we can, you know, develop and, and iterate incredibly quickly, if you're, if you're building for the long-term and you're trying to build trust, you know, it takes time to build out an experience that people really can enjoy spending time with and happy to spend time with. So we spend a huge amount of time, you know, meeting people, doing real FaceTime, trying to understand, you know, what they would like to do and how they would best like to get their message out there in the world. And then really trying to facilitate that and make sure that we can enable that rather than, you know, manipulate it and try to construct it in a, fa- in a fashion that suits us. What's one big struggle you faced while growing this business? It's probably scale. We were bootstrapped until 2015, and it meant that you know we had a very small team. I think in 2014 we were probably just 20 people or something like that, um, and supporting a business that I can't remember exactly the numbers, but it, you know we were doing in excess of 20, 25 million uniques a month. You would never have a company that scale in the U.S. with such a small team. And it was only in 2015 that we took investment. In 2016, we got rid of all of the other th- companies that we were involved with to, you know, to sort of keep the lights on and focus purely on WeTransfer. And I would say that, you know, through the course of this year, we've gone through significant changes in scaling the team. And we're now at 82 people in Amsterdam and 10 out here in LA. Our, you know, our struggle has been, you know, getting enough people and the right people on board fast enough really to keep up with the business and keep up with the ambition that we have. And I'd say we, we were slow to that. This year has been fantastic. Next year is looking better. Got it. Sounds like you guys had a really healthy business. Yeah. And so, you know, when did you guys start it again? 2009. 2009. Okay. So you, you waited, you know, six years to raise or so. Why did you guys decide to raise money? I think being based in Holland, there is there's some amazingly positive things and then there's some things less positive. The great thing about starting a company in Holland, and I would recommend it to anybody, is that it's very pragmatic. Um, the focus really is on being, you know, lean and getting to, um, you know, getting to like a an MVP as fast as you possibly can with as little little resource and little money as you as you need. The issue then is once you've got something and it's got some stickiness and you've really got some traction, is then taking it to the next level. And in Holland, it's just not the case that there is you know, quite as much ambition as there is in a, in a country like uh, the US. Mm. And I think the great thing about where we are right now is we've got the best of sort of both worlds. You've got the fantastically productive, pragmatic uh, Dutch team with what we're building out here in the US in marketing, sales, customer support, business development. Um, and I think those two combined is an amazing combination. If it was just the Netherlands on its own, I think, you know, we would have, we would have struggled. And, 
you know, we, we, I think we thought that we could probably do it all on our own for, for quite a while. And slowly over the years, we began to realize actually, you know, we're not very good at doing this bit. We need somebody more operational. You know, this year we've gone through some massive changes and we brought on, you know, a new CEO and we've just hired a COO. Um, we've hired a new head of, um, of our advertising business. We brought in, you know, a couple of people from Red Bull Marketing to run marketing out here. And we've just scaled it up all up a little bit. And I think, um, before maybe it was, maybe it was ego, but we thought we could uh, probably do it all on our own, you know? Yep. Makes sense. What's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? So it could be like an Evernote, for example. Well, the things, the things that we've added are all small. So it's not, it's not something that I'd say, you know, this is the, this is like the revolutionary thing we've done the last year. Could be yourself too. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. What we're going to add towards the end of this year is a bit that I'm, I'm really excited about. So we've got two new things that I'll, I'll skirt around because I can't go into too much detail, but there are two new things coming out that I think, um, are really exciting because they will, um, help, I think, shape a lot more of the, the sort of the creative workflow for a lot of people. And it's not just for creative people. I mean, it for, you know, creative minds or anybody that's producing stuff. Where we've been fantastically strong is in with our web-based product. Like it's, it's sort of, you know, steadfast and solid. Um, where we haven't been that strong is historically been in mobile. And I'm really excited towards, you know, uh, something that we're going to bring out later on this year that will hopefully fill that mobile gap where I'd say we've not been the strongest, but I think we will be uh, come October, November. Great. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Although I'm not a huge fan of the author anymore, given his political stance, I think Peter Thiel's Zero to One is, is one of the best business books I've ever read. Awesome. Great book. And you know, it's funny. Once you said the political thing, I immediately knew it was him. <laughs> cool. Well, Damien, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Twitter. Probably respond best to DMs via Twitter. Got it. Awesome. Well, Damien, this has been great again. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.